Yeah. And you don't have to, uh, you guys don't have to show yourselves on the Zoom. It's not that important. It's just, I just want you guys to have a, a focal point. So yeah, so Francesco, tell us about your career. You are an amazing, eclectic recording artist to say the least, and you're from Canada, correct? Yes, that is right. Toronto, specifically, yeah. Yeah, Toronto. Ooh, I went to school upstate New York at Cornell, so we used to always sneak through Toronto, down to Canada to go to Detroit, because I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, so I grew up around Windsor. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, University of Windsor. So, um, and just to see that city explode. So how does it feel to be um, coming from a city that's notoriously known for being, like having all this swag? Listen, it's uh, it's it's crazy. It's good to be in good company. You know what I mean? When, as an artist, you're always around other people that are inspiring you to do, to push the envelope and do your thing, right? You know, there's no shortage of different diverse styles too in, uh, mm-hmm. in the Toronto music scene, especially. So. You're always pulling from different things, so it's actually good. It's good for a musical, for a musical thing, you know. And then right now, I, I know, I know you have you have some really amazing gems, and you have a, you have a lot of great instrumentation too. Um, I heard one of your songs had a guitar in there. You, you, you have this cool voice. How did this all come about? How did you discover your sound? Oh, nice. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, I discovered uh, I discovered my sanity. All of this insanity started when I watched the movie School of Rock. I think that converted me. Oh. When, I was, when I was 11 years old, I saw that. I'm like, I could do this. 100%. I gotta do this now. So, yeah, that's kind of what that's kind of what made it happen. And uh, part of the blame as to why the sound is the way that it is is because of the my parents. I heard all different types of stuff as a as a kid. Uh, Brown Sugar by D'Angelo was one of the things my dad used to play in the car a lot. So I have a real, uh, but he also used to play Led Zeppelin and Bob Marley. So all different types of worlds I got exposed to really, really early on. So I was, I never felt boxed in, you know? Yeah. And I also heard a little bit of jazz in some of your music. Did your parents play a lot of jazz like uh, Coltrane and Miles Davis? Cause I heard that in your music. There's some slight, there's some slight little hints every now and then I, I, I give it, you know? Uh, yeah. Nice. So where do you go from here? You're signed now. You have a great team behind you. You have a great camp. You have awesome swag. Before we even go to there, I want to, I just want to talk to you about your, your style. Um, can you tell me about your style? Like you get the bandana wrapped around your head. You get this cool, you, you already know it's all about the leopard this season. So. <laughs> <laughs> So this is your lever. How did you like? What you put? What do you have on? Tell us. Oh well, thanks, man. I don't know. This is just this little leopard kind of crushed velvet gem that I found. Uh, one of the stores here in Toronto. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the bandana helps. Right, right now it's helping contain the current <laughs> situation going on right now. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just kind of, I kind of threw it all together. You know, I liked the, I liked the rock vintage style of the '70s. It's kind of my, it's kind of my bag. You know. Yeah, nice. And then what's going on with these chains? Can we see the medallions on your chains? Can you oh, yeah. describe them? Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. Now this, this is my uh, my little logo I designed for myself. It's an F uh, and a, it's like a backwards F and a Y for Francesco Yates. And it's like my, uh, my, my, my chain of power, I guess, as it were, you know? <laughs> so gives me special right. powers or something. I don't know. So, so now you have this chain, this chain of power. Do you think you're gonna um, put, back it by an NFC? Do an NFC with it? 
<laughs> well, I wasn't, but you might have given me a good idea. So, you know, we're all good. Right. And then, um, and so, and then all this, these locks, all these curls, um, is this, is this bedhead? Or is this intentional? Is this just like, because I noticed in all your videos, your hair has always got like this cool rocker look, kick to the side. Like, is that, is that something you're going to keep going on for the next couple of videos and promotions? Well, luckily I like it, but this hair takes <laughs> on a life of its own. There ain't, there's no reasoning there. You know what I mean? It's going where it's going. So luckily it's in a somewhat controlled direction sometimes, but yeah, you know, no, it's good. Uh, and then, and then, with your um, with your latest song, can you tell us about the inspiration and what motivated you to to, um, to writing? Well, I was just I was just in my upstairs studio. I have a little upstairs makeshift DIY studio in my house, and I was looking at a I was looking at a picture of uh, of Prince. I had this I had this big purple rain poster, and you know, it just caught my eye. But then something the lyrics popped into my head. It was almost like someone inserted it with a USB flash drive in there. Uh, I'm on that Jimi Hendrix, I ball way out in Mars. I love you like I love my guitar. And I just based the song around that. And the idea of the song is it's all about, it's basically about the devil, you know, leads, but the, you know, falling into, falling into it, falling into the, 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 the matrix, you know? Nice. And so now you have this, now you have this beautiful song, by the way. Like I said before, I love the way you, your, your, your harmonies, your melodies, they're like so cool. I was like, oh, wow. This is not your average, like, you know, 20 something year old. This is like some, this is a musician, you know? Thank you, man. Um, since you, before the School of Rock with Jack Black, for all of those who don't know, that's one of my favorite movies. So funny you said that. That's, between that and um, Sister Act Part Two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> those yeah. are like, I think everybody wanted to be in the choir because of Lauryn Hill. Of what, um, what, um, What's like, how did you, did you have any other music um, education before School of Rock? Was you in Glee Club? Were you in choir? Did you study, you know, any uh, I, instruments? I, the, the music was always kind of like, I did piano when I was really, really young, but I, I stepped away from it because I thought I was going to be uh, uh, the next, uh, like the next basketball player. But then I realized when I went to go for uh, a layup, and I realized that there was a hand coming down on the basketball because it was going to block. You know? <laughs> but I'm, it's pretty clear that I'm just not skilled enough to do it. So, uh, but then music was always a part of it. It never went away. I was always just something I kind of did and kept to myself. Uh, but where the music came in afterward was once I decided I was going to do it, I started, I got a little classical background on the piano, a little kind of conservatory background, but I used that to parlay my piano chops into music production so that I could be, you know, I could be a little more versatile on the keys. Yeah, so that's kind of where it comes. A little, bit right. of, a little background. Yeah, you know, you, you know a, lot, a lot of people, they sing to piano, they prepare um, for their concerts with piano. So singing and building your music out with piano and keyboard is, um, you know, that's, 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 that's the skill set that most people want to have. And speaking of which, when you write some of your songs, can you explain some um, some of your process? Mm. Um, I used to be not able to answer this, but now I, I I know that there's a process I've observed. I don't. Anytime I write the song now, I don't write the songs on guitar. I write them on the piano because it inspires you to write differently. 
So when you write the song on the piano, you'll find you'll go different places, more versatile places than you would on a guitar. Um, I start with that. And nowadays I try to look for some instrumental hook before anything vocal even happens. Something that can repeat throughout the song that that can hook. First, it's got to hook me, you know, to be able to hook other people. In the case of Jimmy, I just, I, I kind of came up with that riff and I'm like, hmm, maybe I should base the song around the riff. And then you look for something that means something to you and is also retainable by people who are listening. So it's a bit of a balancing act, right? So lyrically, melodically, you have it has to mean something to you, but it also has to be retainable enough so that people can, you know, remember it, repeat it. And so that's my approach now to writing a song. Just I keep those simple guidelines in place. And then I, I dance within that world, you know? Nice. Can you explain to people who aren't as um, musically, uh, I guess, you know, musically sound as yourself, um, why do you feel the piano versus the guitar allows you to open up your vocal range and also your your, um, your overall creativity? I think it does that because the instrument also given modern production now, the instrumental choices you have with playing uh, like a MIDI controller, you can be anything if you know how to play the piano. You can only be a guitar if you play the guitar. Because if you open up like a GarageBand or a Logic Pro, you can choose to be a guitar on the keyboard. You can choose to be any instrument you want. So it opens your palette up, you know? That's why I do it. And it was also my first instrument, so I'm trained on it, right? So I figured if I learn how to do this, I can maybe maneuver other instruments. And so that's how it, that's how it ended up playing it. Nice. And then, you know, we had to ask you this question. I'm, I'm sure you're tired of hearing it. <laughs> you already know, besides your hair, because all the girls want to know what you hear. Mm -hmm. um, what, what was it like when you were 16 and you got that record deal from Atlantic? Um, what, what was that like? What was that like? Walk us through that. <laughs> Nervous, exciting. I felt like a deer in headlights, right? Like that was some stuff that as I never thought it would happen. I, I pursued towards it, but I never thought it would actually happen. So I, but I learned a lot as well, being in that label system, seeing how it all works. And, you know, I soaked everything in. I made sure to soak everything up and soak everything in. And just you know, the lessons I learned are invaluable, you know? So. Right. And then, of course, your um, debut album was uh, produced by Robin, Hannibal, and Pharrell Williams. Mm -hmm. Like, what was that process? How, how did that, was that so surreal for you as well? And did you actually work with Pharrell in the studio? I did, I did. Nice. I did. Um, yeah, his, uh, I'll never forget some of the things, uh, I'll never forget some of the things Pharrell said to me, some very legendary things. He had like a specific, Still to this day, he has a specific vision for me. Anytime I'd ever run into him, he's like, he says to me, and I quote, yeah, when you're, uh, and he talks like this, he's like, yeah, you know, when you're, uh, when you're playing the guitar, you know, you gotta, you gotta sling it behind your back and then like be on the microphone like this. And then by the time you swing it back around, 
He's like, then you just play in it. He goes, you should always be playing the guitar. He goes, you should walk around with it. And I'm like, okay, great. And then he also said to me, he's like, the only thing you got to do is play guitar and chew bubble gum and not look at the audience. That's what you got to do. And specifically, he said that. So I was like, okay, great. Awesome. Love it. Yeah, because I was watching you shoot right now and I was like, dang, can I have I just came from the gym, so I'm like, can I have some more power drinks? You know, thinking this is like some, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you over here chewing bubble gum. What, do you, what kind of, what's your favorite go-to gum? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so whatever's around, you know. All right. Yeah, I love BG Ice. So, let's see, because you know, you've had such an amazing career and you've done all these amazing things. What's next for you? Like, what, 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 um, where do you see yourself three years from now, five years from now? Well, now I'm independent and really the thing I'm focusing on is building my my imprint, my record label. It's just uh, figuring out how to make that work and push forward. You know, I think if I play this right, I can see myself if, um, if, if we're all around in a couple of years from now, um, which, you know, with COVID and the crazy state of the world, I guess it's promised to nobody, but if it is, um, yeah, I see myself doing my thing, and uh, I, I always said that a goal of mine would be to be able to play like a theater tour consistently and do my thing. That's the only metric I would I would need. I don't need to chart in crazy numbers. I know if I could go out and do a tour at like a theater capacity, that's where I see myself in three to five years if I do this right, and just being just being happy, just living. And so you've had such an amazing journey um, and you're so mature. Where do you get this like this sense of self and this confidence? Like you have this certain level of like ease and confidence and this you have this, these little nuances, what I can normally call je ne sais quoi. <laughs> what do you, you know what I'm saying? It's like you, have, you possess something that no one can put their finger on. Where do you think you get that from? Is it grandma, granddaddy, mama, daddy, your sister, your brother? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I I appreciate you saying that. I, I mean, I know I didn't think I I didn't think I did give that off. I'm kind of uh, introverted and uh, and a shy kind of kind of guy. But uh, um, I think I have a lot of uh, I have a lot to thank my mom and dad for for you know they're they're pretty they're pretty bold A type personality people. Very good. So I guess. Um, I guess I saw how intense they were, and I guess I kind of mellowed out because mom and dad are some, like when they walk into a room, it, everybody knows they're in there, you know? Wow. So I, I guess I got to see a bit of swag from moms and pops. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Probably, because you know, they, they're taking rooms. Are, there, are your parents tall as well? Do they have that stature, that presence, or is just also just the way they just, their energy, period? Oh, for sure. They're the alphas in the room every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's dope. So since you since you have a firm grasp on the industry, you have a great team behind you, and you're extremely humble, do you have any words of advice to, that you offer any um, aspiring musicians? Because, I mean, you are right now, based upon your, you know, the way things are going for you, and just, you're, you're like, you, you remind me of like, um, like a male virgin or Chloe and Halle how they came on scene and they were like doing music and covers and and it's like their sound is so eclectic and it's like oh that's the next you know it's not just like you know it's not a bubblegum repeat stamp 
bubblegum repeat stamp. It's like Pharrell said, he, he was like, chew that bubblegum, can't ever cut the guitar. It's like, do you have, do you have any words of advice to offer them? Because you have such an eclectic and you've been so blessed with this career. Do you have any words of advice to offer somebody aspiring? Hmm. Starting out, I would say the key nowadays is to work, find those programs, those production programs, and start figuring out everything about how to do that on your own. That will save you because getting on a record label deal is a bit of a gamble, you know what I mean? And the radio and stuff like that, you can't control that. What you can do is you can take the tools that are available to you and produce the works and post them. That would be my best bet. And that's going to be the way the labels are going to find you anyways. You know, if you work consistently at that, and if you are uh, compelling enough, if you have the tools and you master those tools, um, that will that will be your ticket. That will be your gate, you know, your gateway. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard so many horror stories, to say the least about people, um, you know, having their songs not being released by a record label or art by another producer. And because they didn't have the the skill set to, you know, to even extrapolate their sound or music from that program, they were left, you know, without music, you know, without anything yeah. to release. So it's kind of like, it's kind of sad, um, you know, that happens to a lot of people a lot of times. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to touch on? Well, the, um I may be doing a small run uh, in Canada with the Backstreet Boys on a little opening slot on their on their tour, yeah. And so I feel very grateful to to you know to do that. And uh, yeah, there's it, it's coming. I think it starts on the uh, the 24th. I want to say and from 24th. So I think this and I can't remember the end date. Um, but there's seven shows I think that I'm on in Canada. And so you know it's nice. It's nice to be able to get back into doing it again after two years in the pandemic. I wasn't playing any shows, you know. So yeah. Be... Sorry. No, I'm sorry about that. No, I was saying I'll be doing that, and uh, there's a, there's down the road there's a project coming. There's a project coming. Mm -hmm. And so th this one, this one, Mark, one of your. Uh... For those who don't who are not familiar with you, this won't mark his. This isn't his first uh, running with uh, powerhouse celebrities. Because in the past, you've you've done concert tours with one of our cover artists, formerly you know, one of our former cover artists, was Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh yeah, um, one of our favorite. That's one of our. That's one of our, one of my personal favorite um, artists from Canada, as well as um, you work with Justin Timberlake too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. How was that working with the two of them? On those two separate occasions. On the, the wall, I feel kind of, <laughs> I feel kind of spoiled in a way because I got to do like these arena opening slots very early on. Mm. And I'm pretty grateful for those platforms. Like you learn a lot, you see the machine and how it works, and you see how they navigate it. I watched from a distance and I saw how they navigated it and tried to, you know, learn from it and parlay it into my own career. You know, especially how Justin navigates his show. He knows all the working details of his show. He's a perfectionist. And that's why he said something wise, I think, one time. He said, if you try for 130%, even if you kind of don't miss your mark, you're somewhere in the 90s. You know, so he kind of, when you go really above and beyond like that, even your failures are not uh, as detrimental. So that's kind of what I took from that. Nice. 
those are words to live by. You shoot from the stars. I mean, you might not get to the, you might not, you might not get to the, to one of them, to the little dipper, the big dipper, but you definitely hit one of those, one of those other stars or another planet or even the moon. Who knows? Yeah. So that's, um, that's great, great word of advice. Um, are you currently working with any philanthropy or philanthropic humanitarian-based organizations that you want to talk about? Not at the current moment, but I'd like to, and I'd like to, if I could do anything, it would be to um, change the way the music programs in the schools uh, are uh, are addressed because they're usually the first thing to get cut. And so for people that can't afford the private lessons because they're costly, that's kind of the only way some young people can learn how to play their instrument. So I would say that's kind of, that's another saving grace too, is those programs probably should be more pushed and if I could push towards, if I could support that or push towards that, that would be what I'd be down for, you know? Wow. So kudos to you. That's that's a very prolific and profound statement because even myself, I took, um, I don't even want to tell you, but I was, uh, <laughs> I took clarinet and I had clarinet and uh, I took clarinet, I was a clarinet, I played clarinet and I played trumpet. And so, like you know, and, and, and from that, from then on to now, and even being like a a guest star on PBS, singing you know Cinderella Suit to Floor when oh, I was nice. six years old, <laughs> nice. and then sitting down with you, it's like I don't think I could have an authentic, relevant, real conversation if I didn't have that background in music at a public school. Mm-hmm. So when you said that, that really hit home with myself. Um, and it just feels very good to see, like I said before, like you remind me of this new vein of artists. And I can see why you have so many people around you that are like really be rooting for you. And now you have us as well, because like having this conversation has given me goosebumps, like literally, hey. because you're so, you're so, you're so like in your power. And it's like so beautiful to see a younger person like, uh, so like strong and powerful you know where you want to go and where, you, and where you're headed. It's just a beautiful thing. So we really appreciate you taking time out for us and speaking with us. And we wish you much more, much, much more success in your journey. I mean, I'm sure you're going to, I mean, you already know, you're going to be getting Grammys and probably Academy Awards, probably doing something. I'm probably going to see you in some Dolce Gabbana campaign. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, listen, thank you guys so much for having me and for your time. It was, a, it's a, it was good vibes all around. Yeah, same here. And um, stay in touch. And we look forward to um, getting more information on Francesco Yates. And it was a pleasure having you. Yay! Francesco. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Have a good one. All right, man. Be good. See you.